The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these, do you think, was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, this week, um, I got the Fred Rogers bug because I uh, saw the new documentary movie about Fred Rogers called Won't You Be My Neighbor? Um, and just to give you a little sense of it, how many people have seen that movie? Uh, I think, like, I'm sending the whole church to go see that movie, so um, uh, it's showing at the Ambler Theater, lots and lots of shows, so be sure to check it out. But um, I wanted to show you, like, the two-minute preview clip of the movie just to give you a feeling for um, Mr. Rogers and the show and what it's about. A television program for children made its unauspicious debut on station WQED in Pittsburgh. Its host, Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers? Yeah. I want to tell you something. What would you like to tell you? I like you. I like you, my dear. Thank you very much for telling me that. You take all of the elements that make good television and do the exact opposite. You have Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Low production values, simple set, unlikely star, yet... It worked. Hello. I've always felt that I didn't need to put on a funny hat or jump through the hoop to have a relationship with a child. He was always trying to get a message across in every show. A week on death. What does assassination mean? On divorce. Some people get married and after a while they're so unhappy that they don't want to be married anymore. He was radical. I know everyone says that, but he was radical. They didn't want black people to come and swim in their swimming pools. My being on the program was a statement for Fred. A neighborhood was a place where, at times, that you felt worried, scared, unsafe, would take care of you. He had a singular vision of kindness and love. Love is at the root of everything. All learning, 
all relationships, love or the lack of it. Children have very deep feelings, just the way everybody does. There must be times when you do feel blue. I'm not feeling blue right now, though. Me neither. <laughs> Won't you be my neighbor? Well, I suppose it's an invitation. It's an invitation for somebody to be close to you. The greatest thing that we can do is to help somebody know that they're loved and capable of loving. Ted. So Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was on the air from 1968 through 2001. <laughs> uh, and I grew up with Mr. Rogers, and I love this movie. Um, it was nostalgic and deeply moving, uh, meaning I cried into my popcorn more than once, which will be no surprise to you. Um, uh, but the movie is not so much a show about um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as it was about Fred Rogers himself, who had this singular vision of ministering to children through television and who embodied kindness and goodness and decency and caring, acceptance and love. Um, he took children's feelings seriously and helped them understand and explore their world. Um, it reminded me of what a pastor friend, an Episcopal priest, once told me about his philosophy of ministry. He said, I want people to have a relationship with a priest just like I had with Mr. Rogers. And that relationship with Mr. Rogers is forever for me. He formed my soul. Um, and watching that movie this week, I realized Mr. Rogers had formed my soul too. Um, what many people don't know about Mr. Rogers was that Mr. Rogers was a Presbyterian minister. Um, and his invitation to Won't You Be My Neighbor came right out of the Christian faith. Um, in an article about this movie, it said, This word neighbor wasn't something Fred came up with out of nowhere. It was biblical, says a friend of his, George Worth, a fellow Presbyterian minister. Uh, it came from Jesus' words, Love your neighbor as yourself, and the parable Jesus told in response to the question, Who is my neighbor? In which the so-called Good Samaritan cares for a man who had been beaten up and left on the roadside. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood the books Rogers wrote and the speeches he gave all came from that core, the spiritual center of Fred Rogers, according to his friend. He was a community builder. Uh, the neighborhood was symbolic of Fred Rogers' desire for people to live together in peace with respect and love and affirmation. And when things go wrong, forgiveness and reconciliation. Uh, another movie review said, Mr. Rogers' demeanor balanced openness with reserve, curiosity with tact. The most radical thing about him was his unwavering commitment to the value of kindness in the face of a world that could seem intent on devising new ways to be mean. Uh, Fred Rogers was a singular person, even in his own time, but the movie calls us back to the fundamental elements of what it means to be human and what it means to live in community together. Kindness, listening, loving and being loved, honesty, a gentle curiosity about others and the world, and to see everyone and anyone as our neighbor. 
And we can draw a straight line from the Good Samaritan, our gospel reading for today, to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. The parable of the Good Samaritan is one of the most well-known stories in the Bible, but sometimes we forget how it all came about. It all started with a question, who is my neighbor? It starts when a young lawyer poses a question to Jesus. He asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asks him a question in return, as Jesus is wont to do. What's written in the law? And he answers rightly. He says, love God and love your neighbors yourself. And Jesus says, you're right. Go and do that. It's all good. Except that wasn't enough for the young man. He wants, he says, the scripture says, to justify himself. Having the right answer wasn't sufficient. He had to justify himself. And you know when you start to want to justify yourself, you know you're heading for trouble, which he is. Um, And so he asks this question, so who is my neighbor? Why does he ask that question? Um, You know, for me, I think in reading this text, I think the, the young man wants some parameters, some guidelines. He wants to know what exactly he needs to do. Who do I need to love and care for, and who don't I need to love and care for? Um, Who is my neighbor, which is asked in this self-justifying way, is kind of looking for an out, looking for a loophole. Um, I have to love and care for these people, but not these people, people like this and people not like that. Um, And then Jesus tells him a story. He tells them this story of a man going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he's walking down the road, and he gets mugged, and he's stripped, and he's beaten, and he's robbed, and he's left half dead, lying on a ditch in the side of the road. And then a little later, a priest comes by and sees the man and heads to the other side of the road and walks on by. And then a Levite, somebody in the priestly line, sees the man, crosses the other side, and keeps on going. And then finally, a Samaritan walks by, and he comes over to the beaten man, Um, And the detail that Luke talks about in the way that he cares for this man is so compelling. He has pity on him. He kneels over. He pours oil and wine on his wound. He bandages them. He puts the man on his own donkey, takes him to an inn, cares for him there, then pays the innkeeper to take care of him while he's away, saying, I'll be back and I'll pay you whatever else is required to take care of this man. He goes above and beyond in caring for him. Um, the original hearers and readers of this story would have assumed that the man on the side of the road was Jewish, and they would have known that the priest and the Levite were also Jewish, both in um, clergy roles or the priestly line, and that according to the religious law, they weren't supposed to go near a dead body, even that of a family member. Um, and since the man in the ditch was presumed dead, it was appropriate, uh, it seems, according to the letter of the religious law, to cross on the other side. And yet, even with that, you would expect some kind of help and some kind of compassion, maybe even stopping to pray for the person, uh, for a fellow Jew in a time of need, or at the very least, sending someone else along to help the man. But the twist and the shock in the parable is that the Samaritan, who belonged to a people that were historic enemies of the Jews, who were derided and despised, becomes the hero in this story. He's the one who has pity. He's the one who shows mercy. Um, that becomes an exemplar of the love and compassion that Jesus taught and that Jesus lived. Um, People, in hearing this story for the first time, they wouldn't have just been shocked about it. They probably would have been angry, too. Jesus puts up a couple religious Jews up against a Samaritan, and the Samaritan comes out on top, becomes the paragon of neighborly love all these millennia later. 
This story of the Good Samaritan is like a summary of Jesus' life. Jesus was always consorting with the unsavory, the marginal, the unlikable, the untouchable, the forgotten, the unclean, the sick, and the dead, and people, and people that the other people considered different. Um, in this story, Jesus is expanding our definition of who is our neighbor, uh, who is in our charge, and who is in our care, whom we are called to love. He asked the young man, so who was the neighbor to this man? And the man finally responds, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Our neighbors are not just those that live on our street or in our community or in our family or among our friends or in our church or those who look and sound like us or who have the same life experience of us. Our neighbors are anyone and everyone, particularly those who stand in need of love and mercy. Um, one of the great things about the Mr. Rogers movie uh, was the way that it showed about how he captured this and lived this out, um, and also the interviews that they did with so many people who worked on the show, either behind the scenes uh, or in front of the cameras, a kind of a where-are-they-now kind of experience of seeing these people you grew up with and, and what they are and who they are now. Um, and for me, the most compelling interview that runs throughout the film is with Francois Clemens, who played Officer Clemens on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Um, he was the first African-American actor to have a recurring role on a children's television show. It was groundbreaking. Um, and one of the most poignant parts of the movie is when they're talking about a, a small bit of the scene that you saw on the video. Um, there was, it was a time when people, when African-Americans were being run out of community pools. And you saw in the clip there, uh, 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 somebody was pouring chemicals in the pool in order to run people out. And so Mr. Rogers, you know, who was like quiet but also so strong um, and radical in his own way, said, we're going to do a show about this. And so there was the picture of Mr. Rogers. He takes off his shoes, he rolls up his pants, and he puts his feet in like a little kiddie pool. And then Officer Clemens happens to be walking by, and it's as sure as a hot day, Officer Clemens, would you like to put your feet in the water and cool off? And he said, well, yes, I would very much like to do that. And so Officer Clemens takes off his shoes, rolls up his pants, and there they are in the kiddie pool together with their feet, white feet and black feet together. Um, and this kind of beautiful moment of love and neighborliness. Um, and what, uh, what you see just for a second after that part of it was that when they were done, Mr. Rogers took a towel and wiped Officer Clemens' feet, just like Jesus washed his disciples' feet at the Last Supper. So, Jesus, so Mr. Rogers took the towel and wiped Officer Clemens' feet and, and, a, and going above, you know, than just that we're in this pool together, but we are friends and we are neighbors. And when Jesus did that for his disciples, he said, I no longer call you my disciples, but I call you my friends. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, I think um, the questions that are raised in the story of the Good Samaritan are old questions, but sometimes they feel like new questions. They're questions that we return to over and over again. That's why the Bible is so interesting and compelling, um, at least to me, uh, that uh, a lot of the questions that get raised, a lot of the stories that get told, they're so relevant to our everyday lives. And in this um, tension between the young lawyer and Jesus, what we see is, um, you know, the young lawyer wants to narrow the definition of who his neighbor is, right? Wanting to justify himself. And Jesus tells him a story that explodes the idea of who the neighbor is. And I think there's always this tension because we're human 
of narrowing and expanding, narrowing and expanding. I feel like we're living in a moment where those two forces are powerfully um, at work at one another. Um, there so much in our world at the moment seems like trying to narrow the idea of who is our neighbor and who is in our care and who are we supposed to love. And the story of Jesus again and again pushes on the boundaries of that narrowing and says, anybody in need, anyone and everyone is our neighbor and worthy of our mercy and of our love. It's a question that comes up again and again and again. It's like when Horton says in Horton Hears a Who, a person is a person no matter how small. Or uh, Harry Bosch, my favorite detective series by Michael Connolly says, everybody matters or nobody matters. And I think this is um, why Mr. Rogers, with all his quiet gentility, with his cardigan and his tie and his sneakers, was still such a radical. Um, He devoted his whole life, his show, to understanding and loving and expanding our definition of who is our neighbor. And he did it through this incredible devotion and commitment to loving others as Jesus loves us. Um, When I think about Mr. Rogers and what we can learn from Mr. Rogers and how we can embody that same kind of love for our neighbor, um, I thought of this great passage from uh, the prophet Micah, which is our first reading today. Um, And it begins off by saying, you know, what could I offer the Lord? Could I offer the Lord burnt offerings or thousands of rams or 10,000 rivers of oil or my firstborn? And Micah says, no. He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. To do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God to do justice, to stand for the weak, the other, the outcasts in our time, to love kindness, not just to be nice and polite, but that kind of radical Mr. Rogers kind of kindness, that empathy and understanding and embrace of the neighbor, and to walk humbly, not constantly seeking to justify ourselves, but to seek to understand and to know and to love, to do justice and love kindness And walk humbly, these three things that Mr. Rogers did so beautifully well. Um, I'll leave you with a final quote from Mr. Rogers. Um, It's my favorite. Uh, Mr. Rogers once said, there are three ways to ultimate success. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third is to be kind. Amen.